0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason. This is the Vince Coakley radio program.
2: And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you on this Thursday. As we start the broadcast today, I want to ask, how are things economically? How are things as relates to dollars and cents in your home right now? We've had a number of conversations about this, certainly over the past few years, as we've watched the economic situation decline in this country We're dealing with the twin threats of inflation. And in addition to the inflation issue we have, I think the bigger issue is debt. It's a conversation that unfortunately is not taking place. And... We're going to have to reckon with this. I'm going to deal with a couple of stories. One of them, right here in this country. The other, a picture of conversations that are taking place in another country that will have to happen here. Just based on the fiscal irresponsibility we've observed. And this is not just one administration. This is multiple administrations. This is one of the reasons why I repeatedly say in this broadcast, we have got to be serious, and the people who are elected to office have to be serious people. They have to be focused on mission, and the right mission, in order to bring things to a healthy place. Let's talk about what's happening in your home first. Uh, By the way, I had an interesting conversation. I was talking with a young man who, interestingly enough, is interested in getting in the media business. You know, one of the jokes we tell people, those of us in broadcasting many times, we tell people, Oh, you're interested in broadcasting. Our best advice? Run! Run for your life! Just kidding. Well, actually, it's true. (laughs) <laughs> this young man working hard, going to school. I shared some of my own life experiences. One of the interesting questions he raised during our conversation yesterday morning is something that I think many of you can relate to because you've got different reasons. He asked what do you think of the hustle economy? And I wanted to make sure I understood what he was talking about. Because that can mean different things to different people. And there are really two perspectives here. One of them, the major thing he was talking about, are the people that very often they've always got something going on. It's a new business. It's um uh, Something related to sales a good part of the time It's always something you may know people like this It's like okay, what are you selling this time? But really to the broader question Because this is the other aspect of this the broader picture I Have never in my life met so many people who are working multiple jobs two and three jobs Just to keep things together. Here's one of the reasons why. The debt problem we've discussed and the inflation problems, they're very much connected, aren't they? And as we talk about what the nation's leaders need to do, we've got to get our own fiscal houses in order. Here's what we learned from CNBC, a study by WalletHub reports that total credit card debt has reached a record $930.6 billion by the end of last year. 930.6. That is incredible. What's happening is average balances are going higher and household finances are near their breaking point this is some pretty scary stuff folks part of the discussion I mentioned yesterday see there's two different things sometimes people are just can we say it greedy a lot of the people I've met in the past few years are just trying to keep it together in fact this story pretty much Adds further weight to that. More consumers are leaning on credit cards to afford increasingly expensive necessities like food and rent. It's not a matter of going out and buying a brand new big screen TV. No. More consumers are trying to pay for necessities $930.6 billion. This is an 18.5% spike from a year earlier. 18.5% spike this is crazy the average balance rose to $5,805 over that same period how are things looking on your balance sheets you carrying a lot of debt at this rate households are nearing a breaking point Using the Great Recession as a guide, the projected breaking point is the level of household credit card debt that will become unsustainable for most people. It's when people won't be able to keep up with their bills. We are inching closer and closer to that breaking point. By the way, as I mention this, can you identify a single solitary thing that's happening that anybody's doing to address this issue? I'm curious if you have some tangible evidence of anything that's happening. I'd love to hear it. Delinquencies already on the rise. TransUnion found a delinquency, as you know, is a payment 60 days or more overdue. The increase in delinquency is something to watch. According to Michelle Raniere, Vice President of U.S. Research and Consulting at TransUnion, as long as unemployment stays down, households are better able to pay their bills. If unemployment goes up and we see a spike in delinquencies, that indicates a longer-term problem. For now, job openings still far outnumber available workers. That's a good thing. And I'm sure you know this, credit cards are one of the most expensive ways to borrow money. Currently, annual percentage rates, or APRs, are around 20%. That's an all-time high. Now, if the Federal Reserve announces a half-point increase in its benchmark interest rate at the March meeting, those APRs are going to climb even higher. That will cost credit card borrowers an extra $3.4 billion in interest charges over the next 12 months. These credit card companies, they are cleaning up, aren't they? And one analyst saying, something has to give. It's time to rein in spending, pay off debt, and avoid any new debt. There are options. There are 0% balance transfer credit card offers. There are more of those this year than before, which is a good thing. But they're one of the best weapons, in the battle against credit card debt. The other thing is to refinance into a lower interest personal loan, but those rates are also up 10% on average, still below the credit cards. I'm very curious, what's going on at your home? 5,800 average? Is that where your balance stands now? Very curious to find out. Stay with us. And I say good morning to Gigi, listening to the broadcast this morning, and I hope you know it's Thursday. (laughs) Your text reminds me of something that I would do, sometimes losing track of the days. Sometimes, don't they just all run together? Can get kind of crazy after a while. If you would like to join the conversation, the GS Plumbing Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. And for those of you interested in following your host, you can find me, Vince Coakley, on Twitter. That last name is C-E-O-A-K-L-E-Y. Vince Coakley on Twitter. Also, the Vince Coakley fan page which is available on Facebook, another great place to connect and stay tuned. It is Vince Coakley. Look for the fan page, and you will see me behind the uh, microphone. It is not golden, but it is a microphone nonetheless. Over on that text line, This is saying, I just paid $24 for a pound of sweet corn seed. How do you think it's going? <laughs> My goodness. I don't think very well. Also, Gigi adds, I've been working very hard. I can't keep up. I understand. Fully understand. Someone in the upstate saying car repossessions are way up. Another text with the press secretary said our economy is stronger than ever. You mean she lied? Oh, surely not. What we're seeing is the ugly result of three years of leftist legislation and spending. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. We also have this. Greed is a sin. That's where we are as a country. Ask yourself, do I really need this 65-inch TV? The latest iPhone 14? Or do I need to buy my kids these $300 tennis shoes? No. But people get second jobs to do this crap. It's Chris out of Shelby. Yes, there are people out there doing that. I'd emphasize there are many more. Just trying to keep it together. With the necessities. This texturing the upstate saying prices have doubled on a lot of necessities in Greenville County, South Carolina since November 1st, 2020. Gas $1.54. This morning, same stations three hundred nineteen. Eggs four hundred ninety eight. They were a dollar ninety eight. I was in a grocery store this morning. Over six dollars for eighteen eggs. Almost everything is up, seventy five percent or more. Ever nobody in DC cares. They're so overpaid. They don't even notice the prices. It's Anthony out of Simpsonville, South Carolina. <sighs> Vince, my wife and I have two kids. We live well within our means. We have no debt except our mortgage. Good for you. We're still able to travel and pay off all our bills. But we used to be able to save a lot more. Saving is a lot less. I cannot imagine how people are struggling with bills and groceries because I've noticed how electricity, gas, and grocery bills, they have (laughs) skyrocketed. And this That microphone is not golden. But you are, Mr. Vince. God bless you. Appreciate those kind words out of the upstate. I want to mention, in the context of this conversation, one of the reasons why I mentioned the importance of serious conversations is we've got some very serious issues to deal with that are exacerbated not only by big governments and the programs that have continued to expand over the years you know we have unfunded liabilities the last figure i heard was 120 trillion dollars 120 trillion dollars and we're putting all these problems off into the future you know what what do we hear at the stores buy now pay later isn't this What drives a lot of people into unhealthy consumer debt, buy now, pay later. Well, this is what's happening with our government. It's been happening for years. At some point, that bill is going to come due. And something is going to have to give one way or the other. Like on the Social Security issue. This is an issue, and and there's a real battle going on on the Republican side now. Is this going to be addressed? Or are we going to sweep this under the rug? Because we're afraid, as a political issue, this could be toxic. You don't want to scare the old folks away. Well, let me tell you what's happening right now in France. This is a cautionary tale, because this conversation is coming to the United States of America one way or the other. It's either going to come by choice, or it's going to be forced. Barron's reporting the French Senate has voted to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. Isn't it amazing? They're at 62? What is ours, 65? So they're raising the retirement age by two years an effort to overhaul the country's pension systems in the face of strong opposition from labor unions. The conservative-dominated legislative body voted in favor of a decisive article to raise the retirement age by 201 votes to 115. There will be more debate on this today. They're trying to meet a deadline of midnight, sounds like, here in America, to finalize this. Liberal politicians voicing anger of the vote. Your name will forever be attached to a reform bill that will set the clock back against older folks, almost 40 years. They're threatening strikes and protests. Fuel deliveries, trains, flights disrupted for a second day. Mass rallies there. Keys, seaports, blockaded. These people were ticked. And again, I raised the question. Who's going to pay for all this stuff? How in the world? How do you manage this? You've either got to change the benefits somehow. Or really hike up the taxes that people are going to pay to afford these. They're trying to convince President Emmanuel Macron to reverse course on this bill that he has championed. You know this guy is not a conservative. He's put the change at the center of his political agenda with his government arguing, raising the retirement age and stiffening the requirements for a full pension, a pension, are, they're absolutely essential to keeping the system from sinking into deficit. By the way, everybody's boasted about Europe, socialism, for all that they've boasted about. All of the other neighbors of France, they've already hiked their retirement age to 65 or above. I'm just giving you a preview of coming attractions. Because something like this is going to have to happen here it may not be a comfortable conversation but it better happen better happen <laughs> love to get your thoughts on this and much more as we continue coming up remember Afghanistan this has really faded out of our consciousness but it's really put right back into our consciousness by some very emotional testimony. We'll share that as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: Back in the broadcast, I asked for your economic stories about what's going on financially for you, with credit card debts, and frankly, just keeping it together. Scroll out to a call from Dexter in the sprawling metropolis of Mooresville. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Vince. I enjoy your show and your even thought on topics. Uh, I think it's fair, and I enjoy it. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I'm calling about uh, senior citizens and their fixed income and being squeezed out of the market as far as rent, food, everything else. And the amazing number of them that are leaving this country and becoming expats in other countries because you can live on Social Security in many places. And I know of four right now that are leaving Charlotte, including myself, and just moving to the Philippines in just one area. There's many more going to other places.
2: Philippines, why there?
3: Uh, They speak English. Uh, They drive on the right side of the road. Uh, I mean, English (laughs) is the the legal language. Uh, You know, every form has to be filled out in English and everything else. Um, It's a tropical paradise. Um, We've tried doing our budget. Um, I can't spend, I mean... I have I have a good pension but I still haven't figured out how to spend more than $1700 a month over there eating out every single day doing whatever entertainment I want to do and having my own um uh oh, well scooter over there and everything else and it, it's hard to do it's hard to spend money over there. <laughs> when really? You couldn't you you couldn't get an apartment for 1700?
2: So you're saying it's uh, a lot more affordable?
3: Uh, way more affordable. Uh, the inflation doesn't affect them because most of their goods are are grown there, uh, fished out of the sea. Um, you know they grow their own pork and everything else. Now imported goods are expensive. If you're a person that absolutely has to have just peanut butter, it's going to be expensive. But uh, to go to go to a restaurant over. Because the Philippine people are paid very little, so they they can't really raise the prices because they would price their own people out. But for us, we get the benefit of that. Um, and there and it used to be strictly men were going over there, but now there's uh, becoming a lot more women are, are retiring and going over there, and um, because of economic circumstances, mostly I think. That is pretty um, amazing. Uh- and there's one guy up there, and I'm going to ask permission for I mention his YouTube channel, um, if I may.
2: Um, actually, uh, let's refrain from that. You can perhaps okay. send that to me and yeah, check it, 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 it out. It, yes.
3: It, it is just a guy that all he does is interview people that come into the country. And and you do get to see the commonalities amongst all of them are mostly economic and a lot of it is just the division in this country and once you get over (laughs) there uh i have met people that i know are more than likely opposite leaning of me but once you leave here you do not even think about you know arguing about politics at all (laughs) it's it's just that a is
2: pretty interesting. Well, Dexter, I, I'm going to put you on hold because i like to get some more information. This sounds pretty intriguing. I, I remember several years ago having conversations about um, exit plans for people who are anticipating some sort of possible economic collapse here in this country. And I think New Zealand was one of the popular places to go. Kind of an interesting Economic story this morning my own personal experience after going for a walk Walking the dog I Thought you know I realized I'd run out of dog food yesterday. I thought great I Need to go and I thought you know, let's just go get it done So I decided I'm gonna get Well, I needed dog food and cat food By the way, the cat is not mine. Just want to make it very clear nothing against cats <laughs> But, I need a dog food, cat food. Okay, how much do you think I spent? How much money did I part with before before walking out of that store? I actually left with um, $110 less in my account. I saw some great meat specials. I'm not going to tell you what store it was. But... I just couldn't resist got a whole bunch of things and Isn't it amazing how this happens you go to the store. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna get one or two things hundred dollars later. I Mean, it's and I remember stories from my I know I'm gonna sound old Remember stories from my dad telling me that there's a time you could go to the grocery store You spend like $5 so you couldn't carry all the groceries home yourself. (laughs) Those days, you better believe, are completely over. This texter saying a $100 grocery bill was rare for me a couple of years ago. Now a sub $100 bill is the outlier. Oh, I can believe that. This texter telling us greed isn't spending your own money. Greed is spending someone else's. Gas 273.9 at Walmart Simpsonville, 319 this morning. What in the world happened, Roger? That's kind of interesting. Vince, Joe declared he would raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000. I guess would not raise taxes. All these higher prices aren't higher taxes. What is it? Mr. Magoo should be Fired. Yeah, that's, inflation is a tax. That's what it comes down to. On retirement, your full retirement age is based on the year you were born. For an example, I was born in 1958. My full retirement age is 66 and a half years. Really enjoying the show. Thank you. This person, born in 63, full retirement age 67. I'm 36 now, this texture says. They say people my age will need $3 million saved to retire. My generation will be working until we die if this crap continues. The answer is not raising taxes. It's eliminating the crooked politicians who continue to rob the Social Security Fund. Yeah. Love your program. Why do they always threaten Social Security is going to run out of money, which is funded by us individually? Just puzzled as to why... Welfare never runs out of money. Yeah, I'm, don't get us started here. Don't get us started. Literally every time I go to the store, it's a hundred dollars. Doesn't matter what I'm getting. Yeah, Vince, I promise you, I'll reduce your debt, increase your spending power, and put more money in your pockets. Would you call me crazy or your president? <laughs> that is deep. What a character. Still to come to the broadcast, I absolutely believe you've got to hear what's coming up next. We're going to share some very emotional testimony of what took place in Afghanistan. And unfortunately, this point, to my understanding, there's been no accountability for it. You'll hear this very riveting story as we continue. Stay with us. Very quickly, want to get some testimony, very emotional testimony. Finally, we have the opportunity, with control of the House, to be able to hear from some people we've needed to hear from for quite a while. You're going to hear Marine Tyler Justin Vargas Andrews. This guy just uh, had some moving testimony before the House Foreign Affairs Committee recalling the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal and that Kabul airport bombing that left him grievously wounded it killed his mentor and friend I want you to listen to this because there was an opportunity there was an opportunity to prevent this that's what's important to understand he saw the suspect he saw the suspect. And wanted to take him out. I want you to hear how he spotted that suspect and what happened from there.
4: He was spotted somewhere from noon to 1 p.m. by myself, then Sergeant Charles Schilling, and another. The anomaly in the crowd, who was clean-shaven and fit the description exactly, traveling with an older gentleman. The individual was consistently and nervously looking up at our position through the crowd. The older of the two wore a black silky hijab that was covering his face most of the time. They both had obvious mannerisms that go along with who we believed him to be. They handed out small cards to the crowd periodically, and the older man sat calmly and seemingly coached the bomber. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an IED attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us, do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement, authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted, but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Our expertise was disregarded. No one was held accountable for our safety. About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor, came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. We found the interpreter and his brother born with American passports. They told us us of five family members still in the canal. I stayed there waiting for the family members standing against a two-foot canal wall. Ten minutes passed. Then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me.
2: It's horrendous. Here's more of his description of what happened after the blast.
4: A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it almost immediately we started taking fire from the neighborhood and i saw how injured i was with my right arm completely shredded and unusable i saw my lower abdomen soaked in blood i crawled backwards seven roughly seven feet because i thought i was still in harm's way my body was overwhelmed from the trauma of the blast My abdomen had been ripped open. Every inch of my exposed body, except for my face, took ball bearings and shrapnel. I tried to get up, but could not. Laying there for a few minutes, I started to lose consciousness. When I heard Chaz, my team leader, screaming my name as he ran to me, His his voice calling to me kept me awake.
2: And then he talks about what happens when his team leader arrives. Listen. When he got to me,
4: he dragged me to safety and immediately started triaging me, tying tourniquets on my limbs and doing anything he could to stop the bleeding and start plugging wounds with the help of the other Marines. I was awake through most of it, screaming, moaning, and cursing. Please ask, I ask you to please ask me about getting shot at the tower in Abbey Gate and how no one wanted my report post-blast. Even NCIS and the FBI failed to interview me asked me to elaborate on my ordeal post-blast, and asked me about this one little girl and her family that I reunited. Our military members and veterans deserve our best because that is what we give to America. The
5: withdrawal
4: withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion, and there was an inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for.
2: Not answered for at all not at all I hope after this testimony there's some measure of accountability brought to bear and this is another reminder of how serious we need to be about the people we trust to lead our nation from top to bottom Indecision here, a lack of good leadership, it gets people killed. And in this case, it gets people maimed for life. Stay with us.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.
2: I remember two of our broadcasts. So many people moved by the testimony of Marine Tyler Justin Vargas Andrews breaking down during his testimony. It just it just blows my mind that these folks can be just so easily disregarded, forgotten. This texture saying Vince, I sobbed watching that serviceman testify about how he was blown up so many dead around him. Our military has been politicized. This political party doesn't care about Americans. Vince Biden did this to those servicemen. He sold them out to the Taliban and China. Vince, that testimony is so sad, the Biden administration will never take responsibility for it. Another person saying there will be no accountability, just like Anything else they do, that people get hurt or thrown in jail for nothing. It's ridiculous. Is Adam Kinziger going to cry to this Marine and say, (laughs) You guys held like he did with the Capitol Police? Prayers for that Marine and the others affected by this. The government doesn't see dead Americans as a tragedy, but instead an opportunity to exploit. That text from a Marine's mom. Wow. Where's the accountability for Bush getting us into Afghanistan and Iraq for 20 years, Vince? Another instance of manufactured outrage on your part with no larger context. Really? Really? Why? See, this is the kind of, and I, I'm just going to say it, this is the kind of stupidity. That we've got to stop. You don't have to put these things against each other. I would say there needs to be accountability for all these things. You don't dismiss something just because your political party is involved. Don't I know it, folks? Between you and I, my dad, who was at Normandy when they hit the beach, had no respect for war use required to stack dead bodies like cordwood on the beach what yelled at most most at me today war is only justified to those that don't have to participate in it a big thank you to all our great world leaders perhaps the smallest people in the world wow mm. Vince, you can get mad or upset if you want. The truth is, this would never have happened under Trump. And this person goes on to talk about the fake election. Boy, I'm, I'm serious, folks. If you don't get off this fake election stuff, this is going to be a mess. It's already probably going to be a mess in 2024. This is why I'm talking about being serious. And I do mean very, very serious. There's just no time for trivial, trivial stupidity. Coming up with stupid nicknames for people. This is a time for serious people. Very much so. Speaking of serious. (laughs) Some of you will get a good laugh out of this. But I I think we have to be aware that this is going to be part of our conversation about how we deal with Mexico in light of recent developments. I don't think one incident is something that ought to drive us toward war. But I will say, rightly or wrongly, we're going to hear increased calls for some sort of stepped-up activity in Mexico to bring this cartel situation under control. Because it's very clear, the Mexican government, um, combination can't and won't. Enter Lindsey Graham, who says he's prepared to introduce some legislation to set the stage for U.S. military force in Mexico, saying it's time to get tough after the kidnapping of four Americans, two of them killed. This was a conversation with Fox News host Jesse Waters, saying he would follow the advice of former President Trump on Mexico policy. He said, if you continue to give safe haven to drug dealers, you're an enemy of the United States. Let's first off hear from Lindsey Graham. Those of you in South Carolina, I'm sure you're very proud here is Lindsey Graham speaking about the problem in Mexico. The problem.
5: I'm trying to stop the poisoning of America. The current model is not working. We have an open border. We have uh, a narco state in Mexico that basically either doesn't have the will to deal with uh, drug cartels or they don't have the capability. We're losing 70,000 people a year mm. to fentanyl po- poisoning coming from Mexico. We lost 50,000 in the entire Vietnam War. We're losing 200 people a day. This is a national security crisis. Four South Carolinians, two were killed and two were uh, kidnapped and tortured by going to Mexico by drug cartels. So what am I trying to do? they have been terrorizing America, the drug cartels. I want to terrorize them. I want to create a model where they can't sleep at night. The homes they build from blood of Americans by selling fentanyl and other drugs, that we look at the, those homes, their safe havens, and we destroy them. I want to work with Mexico, but foreign terrorist organization designation to the drug cartels ups the game. It's the highest designation you can give a criminal enterprise. It would allow us to bring prosecutions against chemical companies in China that provide materials to the Mexican drug cartels. It would up the game on the law enforcement side, but that's not enough. So what should we do?
2: Lindsey Graham, here is what he describes as his Mexico plan. Listen up.
5: Plan Colombia in the year 2000 was a plan by Bill Clinton Mm. to send American military uh, uh, members to Colombia to deal with a cocaine problem. They were advisors. They went on raids, and they helped take down the FARC and the cocaine networks that were raging in the 90s and early 2000s in Colombia. I want to plan Mexico. I want to empower our military to use lethal force against drug cartels, blow up their labs, go after them individually because they're a great threat to the country. These are, are, are evil people. This is the 40th anniversary of labeling the Soviet Union evil. There is no more evil force on the planet uh, than Mexican drug cartels.
2: Oh, boy. What do you think? Military action. <laughs> this... I don't think there's a lot of love for Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. (laughs) Lindsey Graham is full of bowel matter. Lindsey Graham's a globalist, warmongering idiot. His plan would lead to millions of refugees coming up here. They would no longer be illegal. Way to go, Blackjack Graham. How about militarizing the border? We're going to send $5 billion to Mexico to help them like Ukraine? Congress is probably partially funded by these cartels. Shut up. (laughs) Stay with us. Sit down and shut up, Lindsay. Boy, these texts, they're brutal. The American people are fed up with you warmongering idiots. You want to mobilize against the drugs coming into the U.S.? Seal the darn borders. Otherwise, I don't want to hear a peep out of your freaking mouth. <laughs> so you and your buddies in the military-industrial complex can make more millions. Wow. Hmm. This texture says... Sounds like a bunch of crybabies. We need action. And yes, blood spilled. It's sad, but needed. Why don't we just make the Mexico border a big toll booth? If the Democrats are not going to stop the flow of immigrants and the Republicans want a wall, if we build a wall with a big toll booth, everyone wins. We also get more money to subsidize non-working Americans. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Just incredible, isn't it? <laughs> um, mostly what I'm seeing here is hostility toward the idea of military action. Most of this is hostility. I think I've seen maybe one text here where somebody's agreeing that Lindsey Graham is right on the money. Grahamnesty talked a good game. But when you're for open borders, you're part of the problem. We wouldn't need war if we kept Trump's Mexico policy in place. But that maybe would have meant keeping President Trump. Somebody tell lying Lindsey. He can shove it. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's come closer to home. With some possible positive news, I've got some bad news and some good news. Let me start with the good news first. And you'll understand why this is so important. WYFF reporting lawmakers close to granting $47.5 million needed to replace a crumbling dam in Greenville that's holding back toxic waste. This is a 130-year-old ticking time bomb. That's how it's described. The Canesti Dam in Greenville County is the only thing that keeps tons of toxic chemicals from drinking water, animal habitats, and property that lines the Reedy River in several counties. The dam is showing visible cracks under the weight of millions of gallons of water and toxic sediment that lies below the surface. It's old. It's brittle. And high risk. This is a vestige. According to Jeffrey Allen. The executive director of South Carolina Water Resources Center at Clemson. The dam is a vestige of Greenville's mill age. And holds back chemicals from petroleum, pesticides and dyes. Everything that's come from all the mills. that used to be on the Reedy River. Stop there at the Canesty Dam. And it's all just sitting there in the sediment behind the dam. If that dam breaks, those chemicals trapped in the sediment will make their way down the Reedy River. Impacting birds, turtles, fish on the way to Lake Greenwood. Greenwood County's only source of drinking water. So, this would be a disaster. And the cost to clean it up would be in the billions. So, $47.5 million Ah, that's kind of a drop in the bucket. The idea is to replace the dam 10 feet downstream. The vote on this will come up next week. And the goal is to try to break ground on it in fall of this year. It's going to take three or five years to build this dam. There's going to be a Q&A Monday in Greenwood County. DHEC will give a briefing on what is involved And there'll be state and local leaders there to provide information. So it looks like there is some proactive planning in the works that will hopefully work out in time to prevent disaster. All right. Now we've got to get to the bad news. Reported by the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. Here's what they posted on social media. Long day at the State House and a bad day for conservatism. Why? Crony capitalist Republicans combined with the Dems to shoot down common sense amendments to fight wokeism on a workforce bill. Wonderful. Then they passed a hate crimes bill in South Carolina. Who are these people, anyway? I mean, I'm serious. Several Republicans joined with Democrats to kill an amendment by Representative R.J. May that would prohibit taxpayer money from going to companies pushing woke ESG nonsense. The Environmental, Social, and Governance Rating System, a social credit score for corporations measuring how close in bed they are with the woke left. Even worse, establishment Republicans then joined with Dems to kill amendments that prohibited taxpayer money from paying for woke diversity, equity, and inclusion training, or drainers, The Republican supermajority sure was useless today. We will continue with the conservative fight. I've said for quite some time, and this is a perfect example, this is supposed to be a red state. This, again, is one of those situations where you raise the question, what's the point of the Republican Party? What is it? Democrat light. Is that what this is? It's mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. So again, this comes back to bad leadership. And to be honest with you, uh, with the two-party system, dominant as it is, I'm just not sure how you fix this. Because people tend to vote for the same um, feckless leadership, and that's probably a kind way to put it, over and over again. It's absolutely crazy. Since we're talking about the upstate... This one grabbed my attention. Three Greenville County deputies suspended after an internal affairs investigation into an incident that left a deputy shot in the foot. What in the world was this about? Lieutenant Ryan Flood said a release the deputy shot another deputy February 22nd during a training exercise in Abbeville County. Flood said the... GCSO, Office of Professional Standards, launched an investigation. Learned that deputies were training with blank rounds during a controlled exercise. The training, hosted by the Abbeville County Sheriff's Office, included canines, various agencies, including the Greenville County Sheriff's Office. Deputies were securing their equipment when one of the deputies discharged a blank round from a gun, in which it was determined to be guess what? Horseplay! In response, another deputy discharged his weapon, inadvertently striking the deputy in the foot, forgetting he had already transitioned back to his duty weapon. Deputies provided medical aid to the injured deputy. He was transported to the hospital, treated and released, fortunately. But um, suspension of three Greenville County deputies over this. Not too fun now, is it, folks?
1: is the vince coakley radio program if you'd like to join the conversation call vince on the gs plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110 that's 800-928-1110 or text the common sense retirement planning text line at 71 307 now back to vince a
2: couple of the. Uh... Cool nuggets on the text line. This, Vince Biden and the Democrats are having a field day with Tucker Carlson. My message to Fox show hosts, stop talking about January 6th and stolen elections for crying out loud. (laughs) And this, about South Carolina and their politics. I would say South Carolina is much, as much a purple state as North Carolina. We straight up elect Democrats in that state. South Carolina elects Democrats disguised as Republicans. (laughs) Yeah. This is pretty crazy, isn't it? Let us go out to a call from Willie joining us. Good morning, Willie. It's
6: been a long time. Put some hot sauce in my burrito. Oh, my goodness.
2: What are we going to do with you? What do you have to say to us today? I
6: miss I miss John Wooden's and I missed you, Vince. I thought they got rid of you, man.
2: Now, why would you think such a thing? You're the one who's disappeared, not me.
6: I went on tour, baby. I went on tour. I'm back, and I'm back to harass you and give you a lot of love. I missed right. you very much.
2: Well, thank you. So wh- what are your thoughts today? What are you wanting to talk about?
6: Well, listen, I woke up in a great mood in the great state of North Carolina. I was away. In different states, and I've seen it all now, Vince. And I figure I just got to come back home to you, come to Papa. Hey, look here. So, uh, what time do you walk uh, your dogs? I want to drop mine off. Mine needs to be walked as well. <laughs> Let me know.
2: What kind of dog do you have, anyway?
6: I got a little, I got Rambo. It's one of those Yorkies. It's very oh my good.
2: goodness. Oh, my anyway, goodness.
6: Anyway, uh, yeah, so this whole drug issue, I've seen it firsthand. Um, you know, I was telling you, your your screen guy, he's really good by the way. He deserves uh, extra money and extra bonus. Uh they know about it. They knew about fentanyl a while ago. People are up in arms now. You know I'm so naive. You familiar in Philadelphia with this street called Kensington or this area? Yes. Yeah, and they call it Zombie Zombie Zone or some Zombie something. Okay. I I I never knew that existed here in the United States. I'm so, you know, um and I and I cannot believe that people actually live in those conditions. I know in the, back in the 80s, the crack epidemic, and I knew the whole foray between that. But that's something that we need to address at home, parents, you know, sitting down and taking the phone away and talking to the kids about the dangers out here in the world. I think that uh, the, the over-parenting, helicopter parenting, and just trying to please these kids with everything they ask for, not allowing them to uh, learn about life other than the phone and social media. It's really destroying these, these teenagers, man. It really is.
2: Lack of I guidance.
6: Have yep. I have always rules. No television when we eat, in the car when we drive together, no phones. I mean, we we, we talk. We talk about things. What do you think? Yeah.
2: There's a novel idea. Well, Willie, uh, I've got to tell you, there's some great wisdom you've communicated today. Uh, it's good to hear from you again. Uh, we quickly... Go to the upstate in Greenville. And Jarvis, good morning. Uh, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Is Jarvis still there?
3: Yes. Hey, how are you? All right, sir. So, you know, there's the two police officers, Greenville County police officers, that were uh, they originally
6: just put on administrative, paid administrative leave, and I think they're now being suspended, you
2: know, where there was a force play incident where they shot each other. Uh, rather unfortunate, isn't it?
6: Yeah, yeah. So, so my question is, is
2: you know, why aren't they being held to the same standards that, you know, civilians would? You know, they, they each should be charged with, you know, assault with a deadly
6: weapon. You know, one of them was loaded with blanks, but it's still a deadly weapon, and it was an assault.
2: Well, I think... Uh The problem you're going to come into here is one of intent. Because I think with, you know, this characterized as something as horseplay, you're going to have a hard time proving there is a motivation on anybody's part to hurt anyone else. Uh, Which, just another reminder, you do not play around with weapons. It's just just not cool. It's really that simple. You may have heard the news that Senator Mitch McConnell... Has been hospitalized after a fall. He tripped at a local hotel. 81 year old Mitch McConnell. He was attending a private dinner in Washington. Happened on Wednesday. He tripped, admitted to a hospital for treatment. No additional details in his condition or how long he might be absent. Now, back in 2019, he tripped and fell at his home in Kentucky, suffering a shoulder fracture. At the time, he underwent surgery to repair the fracture in his shoulder, and the Senate just started a summer recess, so he was able to work from home for a few weeks while he recovered. Mitch McConnell was elected in 1984. In January, he became the longest-serving Senate leader when the new Congress convened. The previous record was 16 years. This is... As you know, not the kind of record that we should be uh, setting. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Um, And yet, I'm not trying to kick a guy while he's down, but I just remind you again, this ought to be another reminder of how important it is. We've talked about term limits. Um, There's just no reason for this guy to still be there. You know, when he's recovering at home, he should stay at home. I I'm, mean, I'm, hey, I'm talking about, quote, my side. You know, do we have the honesty to be able to have this conversation? I, I think it's time. Way past time, perhaps. Another quick item as well. We finally heard from someone in the Murdoch family. Alex Murdoch's older brother is speaking out after the murder trial, saying he knew all along Alex was a liar and a thief. He's the first member of the family to give an interview following the end of the trial last week, which got international attention. Alex Murdoch found guilty for killing his wife and son, June 2021, serving life in prison. Talking to the New York Times, Randy Murdoch says he knew Alex was a habitual liar and a thief. Asked if he believes Alex carried out the murders of Maggie and Paul. Randy said he still does not know. He did say he knows more than he's saying. He's not telling the truth, in my opinion, about everything. The not knowing is the worst there is. By the way, Alex Murdoch facing 99 financial crimes. Following allegations he stole money from clients. His law firm. And, by the way, even his brother Randy. Randy. It's just absolutely crazy, isn't it? Stay with us. Final stretch of our broadcast, the Vince Coakley radio program. This text is saying, Vince, I don't necessarily agree with term limits. I do agree there should be an age limit on members of Congress and the Senate. And because, you know, I, I don't think this is too terribly bad to make these kind of jokes. Vince Turtlehead Mitch probably tripped over one of the money stacks that China sent him. <laughs> I'm really surprised Mitch McConnell hasn't suffered any more fractures or broken bones during his lifetime because that guy's always tripping. Constantly trips over his own lies and takes too many free trips on our dime or am I the one tripping? Good question, Jeff. You know, I think this is um, I'll just leave it there. But I do wish Mitch McConnell well. All jokes aside about this, I'm glad there's nothing serious here and hope he has a speedy recovery. Honestly. You know, I've repeatedly said on this broadcast, very much want to focus on our humanity, our common humanity, especially with um, things of this nature, that um, there are things that transcend politics, right? We can have a little sense of humor about some things with Biden, his trips. So there you go time for us to take a look at the day in history a total of nine items here and chris we began in the year 1796 seems like this guy has been on this uh day in history before good this short guy there's your big hint napoleon (laughs) ha <laughs> ha he's already
3: got it he married Josephine in Paris well I will put short with the years the year uh you know the 18th century and that's you know you get Napoleon there
2: you go interestingly enough the country he's connected to ended its occupation of Veracruz Mexico ending the Great Pastry War what was that country
3: Uh, Same country Napoleon is from. You are correct. France had a pastry war with Mexico.
2: (laughs) The great pastry war. 1936. This was a warning in this country. The press in this country warned all Jews who vote in upcoming elections will be arrested. 1936, the year... You'll have to tell me. That is Germany. Oh, okay, Germany.
3: I've still got Pastry War. I'm I am still thinking. Know, pastry can't war. get
2: beyond that one. Nineteen fifty-nine. We have the debut of this most famous doll in the world at a toy fair in New York City. What is the uh, the doll that Marilyn Monroe? No, it's uh, Barbie. It's Barbie. Barbie. Nineteen fifty-nine was the year the year my sister was born. This muscle car, the very first one of its kind from Ford, rolled off the assembly line.
3: Was it a Mustang?
2: The Mustang, of course. I was guessing. 1979, a lawsuit inspired Major League Baseball to allow these folks into locker rooms for the first time. Uh, Female reporters. Female reporters. This was... Groundbreaking of the time, 1979. 1986. Boy, this was sad. When this occurred, I cannot forget this at all. Navy divers found the space shuttle Challenger's cabin with remains of the crew. That's one of those events that's forever in my mind. 1996. This comedian passed away at the age of 100. We thought this guy was going to live forever. Do you remember him?
3: Milton Berle no George Burns George Burns you're absolutely right but did Milton Berle make it to 100
2: I am not sure I will have to now you have he me curious he was up there man uh, yes he was definitely up there he, he was a ex- legend too you know he absolutely was a legend he only made it to 94 I <laughs> oh believe. ok All right, ninety-four. Well, he lived well from what I understand <laughs> tell me about it that's, uh, that's really good 2020, this is one of the countries that uh, the uh, most terrifying stories about COVID um, came out in 2020. Do you remember that? Italy issuing a nationwide quarantine because of the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, I think this is one of the things that started to scare so many people, and in this country we had a lot of lockdowns
3: 2020 is kind of a horrible blur it, yeah just, isn't it it's just kind of a skid mark it's like okay we had a that was a rough patch let's block it out I wish I could forget every bad thing that happened in 2020
2: yeah it was uh, certainly a very challenging time for a lot of people the deaths the hospitalizations and frankly there are people who still are dealing with the effects of COVID-19. It's described as long COVID, and uh, so many political implications from that as well. That's all the time we have for the broadcast today. We so appreciate your presence with us, and Lord willing, we will talk to you very soon. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios.
1: This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.